Hello, everyone, and welcome to another rousing edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, joined by my Fabulous. <laughs> I didn't see you there. <laughs> we are already clean. We're too clean to stop. <laughs> With the beautiful scent of sour apple. Yes. Or lavender, if you're, you know, a serial Weird. killer. <laughs> So I guess we'll get right into it because Eric is very, very clearly excited for this episode. <laughs> we watched the Vatican tapes. <laughs> we watched the Vatican tapes this week, and I gotta, gotta tell you, I really love this movie. I don't understand why people don't like this movie. I understand yeah. why people don't have this like like a seven or an eight or mm-hmm. whatever, but I don't understand why people. Why is it a twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Why is it a three point whatever it is on IMDb? Well, because everybody that works for Rotten Tomatoes cucks their wives. Yeah, um, but that's a that whole makes other, sense. Yeah, uh, but getting in get it get, getting into it initially. Uh, what's our itinerary? This is released in twenty fifteen. Was released, I should say. It is currently being released in twenty fifteen. <laughs> I mean, it, with like string theory, I think that's okay sure. to say. Yeah, multiple universe. Anyway, uh, one hour and 31 minutes. That's sweet, sweet 90 minutes so plus hot. or minus five. So we're back into this. Speaking of hot. <laughs> Directed by Mark Neveldine. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who I was talking about. Written by Christopher Borelli, Michael C. Martin, and Chris Morgan. Our top billing cast, only six people long. Do you want me to start from the bottom and work my way up? Oh, yeah. Okay. We have uh, Jimon Hunsu as Vicar Imani, Pete Anderson as Cardinal Brune, Michael Pena as Father Lozano. Forgot to look up how to pronounce this. Jesus Christ. Amadori. A Doug Ray. <laughs> Doug Ray Scott as Roger. I'm so sorry. I, I guarantee. Doug Ray. Okay, cool. Uh, Doug Ray Scott as Roger. John Patrick Amadori as Pete and Olivia Taylor Dudley. Olivia Taylor Dudley yeah. as Angela. So aside from the obvious about uh, OTD, uh, her acting skills really are phenomenal. Her she acting was in, skills are phenomenal. She was in one of my favorite series of all time, The Magicians, where she played Alice and just absolutely slayed that role. Stole every scene she was in. Exactly. And not, that was kind of this too. Not to mention the fact that she's an incredibly like in touch person with her fan base who she mm-hmm. is she's very self-aware she understands what she brings what people personally like. i wish she would get back to us but right i get not wanting yeah. to talk to me because I, I wouldn't do that either i appreciate a tongue-in-cheek attitude about yourself mm-hmm. and being able to be on that level with your fans and though. a lot and of the roles that, that she takes are really cool they are she, really cool. she does a lot of indie work all our horses and bro dude massacre party three like which olivia if you're listening to this we would love to do that episode with you uh, yeah, because I just I love that movie. I think it's so mm-hmm. funny. I think it's so like niche for its time. Or Olivia, if you want to sit down and talk about magicians, we can watch the whole thing. I I just don't think that we could do a podcast short enough about magicians. <laughs> There's so much shit that like. Anyways, we're totally off topic now. <laughs> I'm just talking about Olivia Taylor Dudley. I, I know, like... <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's so easy between all the talent, all the work, <laughs> all the like. I'm and, I'm and, saying. I'm, I'm literally fangirling right now I'm so hard over this. And we're just talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump in, shall we? Here, well, we, here we go. Well, uh, oh, so, yeah. well, what I was going to say was, what were your first impressions? First impressions, movie? yeah. So uh, again, I just I I am getting better about not reading about slash looking up trailers slash mm-hmm. reading reviews for things before I go in because I want to go in clean. Yeah. I think this is a great <laughs> example. <laughs> See what I did just there? trying to slide in clean. No, I'm just keeping it clean. Um, I think that this is a great example of one of those instances where if you give something a chance, you might be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Is it a perfect horror movie? No. 
And I literally watched this movie because I was on IMDb the first time and I saw that she was in it. Mm-hmm. And naturally, as a as a horror lover and aficionado, I was uh-huh. like, I feel like I have to see this. Because really, with so many actors and actresses, if I see that they are in their own B-list horror movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, I must see it. I sure. must see how this fucking happens. The only other thing that I was going to add, to is just that it's rated PG-13, which is mm-hmm. how often do you get a possession movie that goes there? <laughs> full exorcism, full body mm-hmm. contortions, blood. It's violent. Graphic mm-hmm. imagery and things like that. Frightening imagery, jump scares, and, and keep it PG-13. Yeah. You know, so this is one of those that could be that a good jumping off point. That would also just slid in clean. Uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you? Uh, so, my first impressions for this movie was, you know, anybody who's listened to the podcast at this point knows that I really love any kind of the religious mythos. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do kind of gravitate to a lot of exorcism movies. Not paranormal movies. Sure. Exorcism movies are completely separate, mm-hmm. for me at least. And I was really excited to watch this with one of my favorite actresses. And actually, she was accompanied by a lot of, uh, I, well, maybe not a lot of some of the bigger stars, but, you know, Doug Ray Scott has done so much work. And uh, Michael Pena, I've seen in a handful of things as well. Yep. Ant-Man and such. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he went from... He, End of Watch was an incredible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where, like, there was a lot of uh, silver screen starlets in here. And even uh, Kathleen Roberts as Dr. Richards, or Robertson, sorry, uh, really kind of played her own role in this. And it was really cool to see her in something, too. So it was really cool to see uh, OTD kind of surrounded by so much talent. And again, like, I was so ready for this premise. I was so ready for uh, the mythos to come to sure. life for us. Uh, because so, this takes, as we'll discuss in the plot here, this isn't just any old possession. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and this isn't any old exorcism either. So what yeah. I will mark now for our listeners is this movie has one of my favorite endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar uh, to the Washingtonians in the same aspect where uh, I love that it affects the world around us at the end. Sure. We actually see it's like a time change for us, right? Because yeah. it, it instead of it just being a self-contained story, it's open-ended to the fact that we kind of see where this is going to mm-hmm. be going. And I love shit like that. 100%. I absolutely love shit like totally that. Totally agree. So let's fucking dive right on in. Uh, so we start off with uh, very similar to The Seventh Day, actually, mm-hmm. where we get a lot of the news broadcast, a lot of uh, religious propaganda, you know, 666, the number of the beast kind mm-hmm. of shit. And that's one of our first... The devil allu- is among us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's one of the first illusions we actually get to the plot, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of cool. I didn't right. catch that the very first time watching it because, again, to me, this felt like it was very much another possession movie. Mm-hmm. So we start off, you know, there's news footage from all over the world and we're seeing kind of like, you know, different cardinals. They reference Pope Francis. Pope Francis plays himself very much yeah. like how uh, John Pope. This is second role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> second thing that I've seen him in recently. So I'm glad that he's getting the opportunities. <laughs> yeah, we do double features, guys. We get fucking inundated with these movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then we start off with uh, meeting two of our first characters. Uh, so Vicar Iman or the Vicar Iman. And was it? Cardinal Brune mm-hmm. that we that we were talking to at first at Cardinal the Brune. yeah at the St. Petersburg Berg Basilica right mm-hmm. yeah and so this is kind of setting the stage for what is the genesis of the title there are these recordings that have been documented and sent directly to the Vatican bypassing a couple of protocols and things because they're particularly <laughs> significant that feels like a slight right particularly <laughs> significant 
And the conversation being that we have to address this. This has to be an exorcism because this is Mm -hmm. unfortunately probably bigger than any of us can imagine it Mm -hmm. is, right? This is more significant. It's very foreshadowing. And they do that, like, that film technique where the information that you're giving at the beginning of the movie is, like, actually the beginning of what I would call the third act of the movie. Yeah, it it falls very strangely in, in the movie. Um, the conversation takes place, like you said, between Cardinal and Vicar, and we are watching these tapes, and there's all kinds of crazy shit happening, right? Mm-hmm. They put the tape on their uh, Mac top, <laughs> uh, and we're reviewing this video footage that they've been sent from America Land, right. you know? <laughs> and, and we see the first scene of Olivia Taylor Dudley or Angela. I'm I, anybody who's listened to this knows that I bounce back and forth. Those are going to be inter- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're interchangeable. I'm sorry if they're a top build cast. I'm always going to refer to them as their fucking name. And unfortunately for you guys, she is one of those people like Allison Brie, where you just have to refer to their entire fucking <laughs> yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyways, in the video we see Olivia Taylor Dudley. What is clearly a uh, ward session, so mm-hmm. she's going through psychotherapy and all that kind of shit. And in the video. She's saying that I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. And she has like that fucking, that possession meltdown mm-hmm. for a second. And then everybody's like, but you see it very clearly in the tape yeah. where like her face extends and it's like the, the video footage itself statics a little mm-hmm. bit. And they're like, wait, rewind that. And it's like, you know, the fucking Cardinal and Vicar are both like CSI. <laughs> where do you want me to rewind it to? Oh, rewind it to the point where the demon takes over her face in the video. The oh, I didn't we- see that. <laughs> Did you right. see that? No. No, rewind it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So so we we get to the point where they're just like, okay, well, we need to go to the America land and figure this shit mm-hmm. out, right? And then we get a hard cut to two months earlier, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and so this is kind of our setup with uh, OTD, mm-hmm. uh, the other interchangeable name that we'll use for. Her. <laughs> uh, she's in a room and she's working on something for school uh, that appears to be pertaining to research of the Antichrist. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was, it felt like I didn't really read what she was writing, uh-huh. but it felt very de- demonologist sure. to begin with. Yeah. Like, and she's so some kind of like, Satan. perhaps it's a thesis, perhaps it's just mm-hmm. a research paper. Maybe she's not even doing this for school and she's just interested in research. <laughs> it's her it, satanic blog. Which is a little on the nose, but it's one of those, you know. So the funny point for me was that uh, dad calls and it's the origin. So I it's that, you know, shitty cell phone quality mm-hmm. wasn't a Ma- an Apple product, as you pointed out. <laughs> um, and it's the I've got to go. I'm shipping out. Uh, they need me wherever it was. And it's clear yeah. that he's in the military and he's being deployed on another mission or relocated or something. But the ba- well, I, think, I think now he's a pilot. OK, I think so he's got to fly. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So the so got to fly. Got to fly. The bummer is that it's. Angela's birthday and it's another year that dad's not going to be home for birthday and that he just has to say happy birthday I just can't film that for her for that right yeah (laughs) (laughs) me neither (laughs) so it is what it is um and the the circumstances are what they are so she kind of just sucks it up she makes her way downstairs um and her boyfriend as it were is outside Pete is outside (laughs) and he is um Happy birthday, babe. No, it's so good to see you or whatever. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's go back here for a second. Let's fucking party. Right. And what's actually really cool about that scene that I didn't notice the first time mm-hmm. I watched it, and actually you pointed yeah. it out, was the crow landing in the background. It was a big crow. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like, yeah. 
<laughs> I was so, like, dude, you got a bald eagle on your roof. <laughs> and, and that's why I actually recognized it was because you were like, dude, there's a fucking bald eagle up there. I was like, that's a fucking pro. <laughs> so we opened the garage door kind of behind where the camera's facing and everything. And it turns out all of her friends are there. And now it's a big surprise party. Oh, it's not such a bad day after all. <laughs> Even you were like, only two people hugged her. Yeah, and everybody, everybody else is like, it was like they're opening their beers and they meander around the building mm-hmm. to the other part or whatever. Because the point is behind all of these people holding the birthday cake is Angela's father. It's daddy. And it was a setup the whole time. Surprise, Angela. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. Happy birthday. Which right? was honestly like a really sweet notion from mm-hmm. Pete, who obviously set all of yeah. this up for a guy who literally hates his fucking guts. Right, yeah. <laughs> they were able to come together for one common person, one common goal, right? Well, you know? there, there's even the part where they're like actually getting ready to take care of the cake and everything, and they're going to blow out the candles and uh-huh. shit. And the, uh, the dad... Uh, or not Pete, sorry, Roger yeah. is carrying a knife right. after Pete just like got a handful of eight OTD butt. Yeah. <laughs> he's like walking at him and I was like, that's not how you carry a knife when you're walking through people. Because <laughs> right. he's just like pointing it out. <laughs> so so he like uh you know gives the knife to OTD. She's gonna actually cut mm-hmm. the cake. Daddy always gets the first piece. That's tradition. Is what... <laughs> Good tradition, Raj. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was funny, too, was, the fact, was just the fact that she said that it was a tradition when dad does not show up for birthdays. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets the first Maybe piece. Maybe we're getting into why this is a lower-rated movie on the spectrum. <laughs> we're, we are uh, 15 minutes into this podcast, and we're in scene number two, so we're <laughs> picking We've this thing up. We've already disenchanted daddy over here. <laughs> That's he has this funny me. exchange too with uh, with uh, Pete, where he's like, "Don't you ever call me that again? <laughs> you call me Roger or Mister or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah." He literally looks at me and goes, "That will never happen again." Yeah, this is not a thing. Yeah. So he the scene pan the camera pans back to uh, Angela who has uh, cut her finger on the knife somehow. Oh fuck! Right. She, She's bleeding on the cake, which is, again, like you would think the first thing you would do is like get it away from the food everybody's about to eat. Erica, she's holding it over the cake and all you see is drip, drip, drip right right into the a-hole. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For Angela. So it's like, it's symbolic for what it is, I guess. But again, it's so on the nose. It's just hard to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a static break too, right before, like you get a... Mm -hmm. There's like a big red dot that appears sort of and flashes out like yeah. a, like a lens burst or a light flare or whatever lens flare whatever it's I called. I think that's yeah. just your vision. Yeah, but... it, I saw it. I saw it. We can rewind it if I... you want to. <laughs> Spin it back. <laughs> so, but it was it was kind of that like that uh, horror trip, like that twitchy like quick separation mm-hmm. from reality and back in. It's enough that you're aware that it happened, but not enough to really draw attention long term. Mm-hmm. So, she's bleeding on the cake. You see the crow in the background. You see again. the crow in the background again, and everything. And so they make the decision for what ultimately looked like a not just a standard. Let, let's go to the hospital. Let's go get stitches and get this She's figured like, out. I don't go to the hospital. I don't like doctors. I don't like. And I'm like, bitch. I don't like hospitals either. I don't like blood on your birthday cake either. <laughs> I'm eating Hep C. Like. <laughs> right. I'm eating off the happy side, not the Angela side. <laughs> so. Yeah, and now we're at the hospital, and we get we bump into um, uh, our next character. Yeah, we actually bump into Father Lonzo, which mm-hmm. we really heard is lasagna. La- lasagna. Fa- father, <laughs> father Lasagna. <laughs> and uh, you know they're getting she's getting stitched up in the room, and like 
uh, Roger is in the room with her while it's happening, and the dude pulls out like a fucking, or the doctor pulls out like a 12-gauge needle to shove into her hand. The, the like, amount of procedure that was going into this was insane. I've had stitches in my hand before, too, and they didn't put me in the full gown, and maybe, it, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, let's get him on the operating table. Well, this was a nice hospital. This was not well, a it's, Yeah, but like, I just feel like, I just, I don't know, man. You just go and you like, just get stitched up. You know, if you need the pain medication, you need it. And it's a prick and you're done and you're out of there in 30 minutes. You're not staying overnight for observation. I've never gotten <laughs> stitches, so I really, I really can't comment. Okay, cool. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. So. I, I, I believe you. As a doctor. <laughs> Eric is not a doctor. <laughs> That feels like it has to be like our precursor to a lot of these things is we're not doctors. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we kind of have like the first little bit of nuances, right? Where everything's just kind of weird. Like yeah. nothing's really crazy yet. Nothing's mm. really happened yet. Uh, and we get stitched up and we go back to the house. While we're, I can't remember if this is, yeah, this is because we're on the bus at this point, right? So what it happened? Do we take was, the bus from the hospital, or no, we so, go home first? So we go home first, yeah. and then we decide. Oh, we're we're all going out to dinner for right, OTD's okay. birthday, yeah. right? And that's actually where uh, Roger comes out. He goes, "Pete, you're a fucking idiot." Yeah, <laughs> he's like trying to work on his bike to like look cool and shit. And what he was very right about for Pete being an idiot mm-hmm. was. You're telling me that we're all going to go to this restaurant, all three of us, on your motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, right. Do you think I was going to let you just ride off into the uh, sunset with my daughter while we're going to the same fucking restaurant? They've got to go up a hill to a yeah. movie theater. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. A buddy of mine actually, understand that reference? A buddy of mine listened to the podcast and listened to that episode and was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like he picked you up like that i was like i'm a cheap date i don't know yeah i mean we're just gonna see a movie man it's no big deal but yeah so i again my notes are loose here i was i was looking at otd um but we're on a bus somehow or another Mm -hmm. and this is she's starting to because they're gonna take that to the restaurant because dad can't go because he got a call for work on the way to the bus like up the steps into the bus and down the aisle she kind of bumps into somebody yeah right it kind of bounces and it's that like excuse me i said excuse me and you were you know what i mean this kind I've of escalation been that guy. Yeah. so it i've been on both sides of that and that's that's the most awkward thing um anyway it's clear that she is suddenly in a really bad mood that seems disproportionate to what she's been through right? and notably she is chugging water she is chugging water dehydrated as fuck like crush right? it like taking her hand and crinkling mm-hmm. the bottle down trying to get every last drop out of the she bottle. has a little exchange with pete where it, it amounts to basically hey are you okay i'm fine right and plus or minus a couple more lines and sentences and questions and things like that but there's a big crash on the window and everybody's kind of like, what the fuck was that and it actually cracked the window too like right. it, it i mean the, these buses have those plastic linings mm-hmm. for their windshields so it's totally shattered, but it hasn't blown yeah, out right. yet. The front of the bus, however, on the windshield, <laughs> a bird enters and it looks, it's a big black crow again. A wild bird has appeared. Right. <laughs> it used pecked. It was super effective on the fucking window. <laughs> so there's now a dead crow in the center of this bus with broken glass and everything. With the bird like flying through the front windshield. If you drive 
a bus or anything <laughs> that carries multiple fucking people on it. I don't think a bird flying through your fucking windshield right. should be a reason that you almost crash the right. fucking bus. <laughs> Just keep your cool. Everybody else is going to freak out on the birds, yeah. so they'll probably kill it at some point. I like, thought those birds were extinct. I <laughs> <laughs> could crash the bus. <laughs> My thing is the option is if it's the choice between getting shit on by a crow or killing another human being right. with your fucking bus. Right, swerving in and out and everything. So yeah. it, it was like, so, uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's a bus with a crow in it. And we are, uh, now we get a hard cut because it's just kind of like, ooh, fuck, what does this mean? What's yeah. this all about? Now we're the, the bird comes back to life and flies mm-hmm. off, right? Now we're in the kitchen just making dinner. I guess just one too many transportation mm-hmm. issues. It's just, fuck it, we're going home. I got mm-hmm. some chicken. A totally raw chicken that this guy does not know how to cook. Right. He drops it on the floor and just kind of picks it back up and puts it in the pan and everything. You can almost hear Roger because he's like living with yeah. him right now, I guess, while uh-huh. he's in town. Right. And he like walks through the kitchen like, and he doesn't notice the drop bird, but he still has that uh, inkling of just, <sighs> you're, you're still alive. <laughs> I can't believe my daughter has sex with you. Right. Kind of shit. <laughs> Uh, OTD comes in and she gets a little flirty at first and she's a little vivacious mm-hmm. and uh, appearing drunk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pierre was yeah. like, you're fucking drunk. Yeah. And she's like, I've been pounding water. Yeah. And, which, <laughs> yeah. But that's also all we've seen is like, she's right. just been drinking water. She, she opens the fridge and chugs it while like fielding his questions. And it's like a two gulp kind of scenario. <laughs> and it's another empty bottle. See, it's just like, that, that's weird. She uh, looked like a football player. That's just like fucking throwing back a Gatorade bottle yeah. while, <laughs> while she's actually trying to converse with somebody else. <laughs> she can throw up at your coach's feet. And he won't put you in again. <laughs> But yeah, so it, we've got uh, what Annie was describing as a dusty chicken in the pot. Um, we have <laughs> a dusty ass chicken. We have Angela now like asleep on the couch. She says, I got to go pee. I got to take a leak, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, super hot. I'm, pee, real, I'm yeah. really glad with anybody that can just be straightforward yeah, with me. Like I got to go take a leak. Thank you. It's good to know. I got to go bleed the lizard. <laughs> I have to urinate. So Pete is making his way back through the house to like, you know, she's just asleep on the couch. So he has that, you know, (laughs) Chrissy, (laughs) Chrissy, wake up. (laughs) I don't like this. (laughs) He's like slapping her and shit, trying to wake her up because she's like, she is breathing, but she's unconscious. Yeah. Though it's not just like I passed out with too much. Yeah, exactly. It's not the, I froze up. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And this is actually, uh, this scene, she drops another one of those lines that you, like, I didn't realize the first time watching mm-hmm. it, but was so kind of like quintessential. So obviously, uh, Pete is freaking out. He's calling Roger into the room. Mm-hmm. He's like, hell, hell, I don't like this. I don't know how to deal with this. Right. <laughs> Roger comes in. He's like, I don't like this either. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He's like, what the fuck? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we finally wake OTD back up. And we get the, I, I came, came back. back. Yeah. I came fucking back. Mm-hmm. In my first, like, I didn't, again, y'all, y'all will get it by the end of the mm-hmm. cast. But in the first time watching it, my first thought was that she was in hell. Mm-hmm. Because I watch a lot of Evil Dead. And that's kind of like the She premise. found the light and she made it back from the light or whatever the fuck. You know, Ex- she didn't exactly. quite pass on, right? Yeah. There's something that they but say. Mark in the, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we go back to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
malpractice. They gave her the wrong drugs or something like that. Yeah. The pills bottle doesn't They're have any listing of side effects. Yeah, because it's like clearly. Shit. You know, we go back to the hospital and uh, they kind of figure everything out. Right, because mm-hmm. I don't think this is actually. Yeah, this is the part where um, she decided they decide that she needs to stay overnight. Um, Pete's trying to close out the birthday with a you yeah. know something nice, so he goes and gets her a, a bundle of flowers um, that are very much alive when he enters the room. He has them in his back pocket, and when he sees her, the flowers immediately, as we say, have the scene kind of shit. Yeah, they're lilting. And the dad's cracking up because he's like, what a fucking nerd. <laughs> you know, look Pete, how much he sucks, darling. <laughs> Pete, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, everything comes out normal. Everything's fine. Yeah. She's dismissed and we can leave. Right. So uh, they get a taxi, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, drive yeah, because, because again, the transportation issues are just abounding. Yeah. <laughs> so. Pete only has a motorcycle, right. apparently, because mm-hmm. uh, he's super cool. Mm-hmm. And the dad is... Pilots don't have cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fly this car. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> um, but it's weird because we have our second instance of father and daddy mm-hmm. meeting and right. crossing paths mm-hmm. one more time. And they talk a little bit while uh, Roger is on his way to the mm-hmm. car with Pete. And while this is happening, uh, OTD is like looking into the side view mirror on her side for the passenger side. And she starts to see it's like so many other possession and haunting mm-hmm. movies where it's actually very poltergeist too, mm-hmm. where like everything starts to melt and her face starts Lights to change. beginning to leave her eyes yeah. a little bit, dark circles and things of that nature. It was like somebody yeah. spray painted her with fucking, I don't know anything about makeup, so I really don't have anything for Amica that. cream. <laughs> Amica cream? Darkness. <laughs> a little spritz of black in your eyes. They're having an argument. They're having like the, they're, taking the piss out of each other and she's still very much nope we're gonna go get food and everybody's just going to smile and eat and everyone's that's gonna the shut gonna the fuck right. up <laughs> and enjoy my birthday god everybody's like fine whatever you know i'm sick of your shit and yes baby yeah, right. yes baby right yeah <laughs> which one do you call daddy <laughs> <laughs> and she's observing the road uh, she's sitting in the passenger seat. We start to get some of the white noise right. in the background. More of that staticky kind of take over the brakes over kind of vibe, you know. And it's um, very quick because we, we have another crow, right? Mm-hmm. We have another crow that's It up, flies yeah. in front of the, wind, uh-huh. of the windshield, mm-hmm. yeah. And she immediately grabs the wheel, reaches across and grabs the steering wheel mm-hmm. and begins s- deliberately swerving into mm-hmm. people that are parked, people that are crossing intersections, pedestrians, all kinds of shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it flips the taxi mm-hmm. and then we it get goes from like it. one to ten real quick. Yeah, it's just, exactly. Yeah. Somebody probably got ejected if this was a Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so now we have a hard The cut. cabbage guy gets hit. <laughs> we are now at the hospital for the third time in like 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> And the dudes all know him by like first name basis. Hey man, Mark, what's up? Pete, what's up? hey. What's up, Raj? Yeah. <laughs> he just rolls his eyes. This is not a fucking thing. Good callback. <laughs> <laughs> and and it kind of goes south really quickly, right? Like once yeah, we're in the hospital. Because she's, uh, so OTD slips into a coma uh-huh. and Pete is honestly pretty fine. Like, uh, and then Roger is just kind of fucking, and actually we don't realize this until later in the movie cause they didn't actually timestamp it for mm-hmm. us, but she was in a coma for 40 days. Mm-hmm. 
and 40 nights, mm-hmm. which is important. Mark that. <laughs> yeah. Are we starting to put it together? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Jesus Christo. A hundred percent. With no, no brain activities, effectively she, like she on fucking brain dead. effectively on life support and that kind of thing. And they begin to have those conversations. Um, Father Lozano is here at this point. I think it's pronounced lasagna. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Father lasagna. Oh, sorry. Poppy lasagna. <laughs> so. <laughs> so OTD's on life support, right? And we finally get to, uh, we get this weird cut to this scene where it's, what I can only assume is one of the owners of the hospital because uh-huh. he's clearly a piece of shit right. in like a tux. Right. You know, he's like, how's business? He you looks know? like one of the Coke brothers. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like he just looks yeah. like the embodiment of fucking evil. Right. How's second quarter looking for us? I, I yeah. hope we don't get assassinated for that joke. But that one, yeah. I'm kidding. They don't give a fuck about you us. You said it, not me. <laughs> Kill him. <laughs> Kill her mommy. <laughs> But anyways, uh, so he's talking to uh, Father uh, Lozano, mm-hmm. and who is Good I guess yeah, <laughs> I guess he's like the residential priest, right? Yeah. Because a lot of places like uh, prisons and such where you have executions, or places like uh, uh, hospitals where you need them for you sure. know, healing and like whatever else. They're not necessarily in house, but they're kind of on retainer, if that makes sense. Yes, they kind, you absolutely. Know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So so he he's working directly with this hospital and apparently has been for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he meets Roger in the chapel mm-hmm. and sits down behind him in the pews and everything. And Roger because the Coke brother is like, you should talk to the family about letting her go because she's been here for. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Actually, that was when they told us because uh, the Coke brother had said that she was on life support for 42, 42 days. days. He's and like, he, that's not what my notes say. Yeah, it yeah. says 40 days. Right, right. <laughs> so he's, he's, Roger says, I know why you're here. And he's got tears in his eyes and just that lost kind of blank distant stare and everything mm-hmm. is like, not, he's not really present. He's, he's doing what he has to do because he understands, right? Yeah. Um, he's had a it, month with his daughter being yeah, brain dead. Right. Right. Yeah. And he's already broken emotionally. Mm-hmm. Physically, all these things, and, and he so hates Pete. right, hates, <laughs> Pete's been the only person he's been able to talk to for the last. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doctor Lozano, or not Father Lozano, I should say, just kind of says we need Daddy to, Lozano. We need is to, also, yeah, we need to kill, let her go, and we can. And we, we need to kill her. <laughs> we need to kill her. <laughs> Let's get it. Mark that. Uh, yeah, but it it. It's kind of a tough scene to watch because, I mean, I, how often does that happen where people are in comas for a tremendous amount of time yeah. and they just, you still lose them. You still spend so much time hopelessly hoping for something and that kind yeah. of thing. And so it hits it hits home for me. And so I think that's one of those things that maybe this is one of those films that's going to affect certain people different ways. And like, yeah. I mean, like most movies, right? Yeah, but like yeah, this yeah. is one of those situations well, where Well, life support certainly... is also just one of those things that affects a lot of people 100%. in very different yeah. capacities. 100%, you know? yeah. But I thought it was handled really well. Yeah. I thought it was handled really respectfully. Yeah. Kind of thing for people that have been through situations like that. And as they're, you know, the... They're pulling the tube out. They're pulling the tube out. We're kind of getting to that. You're expecting the time of death, you know, kind of thing to come out and everything. The heart rate stops. Heart rate completely stops, you know. And she, um, Angela, kind of lurches. Kind of... (gasps) It's like a quick in and out kind of breath. And the, what the fuck was that? Did the doctor that? was like, oh, bodies just do that. Yeah. I was like, 
do they? Yeah. Again, right. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then she rolls over and takes a deep inhale, and he's like, "Hold on, <laughs> I think she's pulling through." She literally just grabbed. <laughs> right. Oh, that's just her muscles tingling. <laughs> so it's it's like. She's back, and again, it's this like she snaps back to reality, yeah. and here's the fucking gravity. Yeah, like, and, and I, I have it. I have it in my notes. Is I'm okay, Dad. <laughs> I'm okay, Dad. Because that's what it was. Yeah. She just fucking comes back, and everything's fucking chill. Yeah, and again, it's that same thing or we did. It? It's the same thing we did on day one after the hospital. Everything's fine. Day two at the hospital, everything's fine. You know. So well, so it, for day three, the, or sorry, not day three. Yeah. it's still day two. <laughs> uh, or actually, no, it's day forty. I'm sorry. Um, it's yeah, it's day forty-one. They spend so much time at this hospital; it's fucking complicated. <laughs> so now we start to have the weird occurrences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or we've already had those, but now they're starting to get darker. They're starting to get more powerful. And what's really cool about the way they kind of escalate this is like. Uh, you have movies like Veronica and different possession movies where you kind of see the degradation of different characters and kind of see like why they were susceptible in the first place to being possessed. Whereas in this, it's the possession happens, but the demon just gets more powerful and powerful and powerful throughout. So this is something that I want to talk about too real quick. Uh, 420 has a meaning to most of us. <laughs> 420. For me, it's just one day, but. It's not always this way. Yeah. 420 happens to typically fall three days after Easter Sunday, which ah. is kind of which is kind of interesting. Ooh. It's not always this way, but it's at Ooh. least going to land in that third week, which it's either three days after, two days after, whatever. But that's you're going to get right. Well, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really fucking cool. That's so actually it's just, very and well I just put out. that together, so I'm kind of proud. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it isn't Lint. Or Lent in the same... Uh, Lent, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yes, Jesus. <laughs> Isn't Lent in the same vein as that? Or is that the month before? Yeah, it's the month before. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's, there, there's a lot of significance to April and what that means in, in Christianity. Catholicism okay. and that kind of thing. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. And I'm sure that was intentional. Yeah. So, a yeah. lot of the shit in this movie, yeah. when you watch it, especially for me, like I said, I watched this the uh-huh. second time. It uh, Everything really feels mm-hmm. intentional. And that's why I say fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like like a lot of these sequences that we're talking about are happening on security cameras. Remember, we're referencing Vatican tapes and this is kind of this or the tapes that exist in the Vatican about this occurrence or whatever. Um, But they're all shot with that kind of you remember like the old uh, because like the tape recorders, they would just kind of overlay. This Mm -hmm. is what time it is today. This is what date it is. So we have all this information all the time. I just don't know that we would have seen that 420-222 thing like seven different times. Right. You know, they go back to that shot, that scene, if it wasn't supposed to be significant. So moving forward, though, it's kind of like you said that like everything's okay, you know. Um, we're going to keep her one more night just to monitor. Yeah, this kind she of just thing. woke yeah. up from a coma and being brain dead. So right. <laughs> apparently, right. uh, mm-hmm. we want to, like, because at this point, she's just a fucking medical anomaly. We get to later that night, and then we see in the tapes or the security footage, mm-hmm. we see Olivia in her bed, but yeah. then we also see Olivia from first person camera shot, not from the security tapes. In the uh, infant ward? Yeah, like the nursery of the maternity ward or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. And a, she like walks into it and she's, you know, very doe-eyed makes it sound sexy. But <laughs> <laughs> but she is very wide-eyed. She's very, like, very much not there. Sure. 
and she starts to hear a baby cry from the other side of it. Naturally, you're mm-hmm. in the fucking uh, infant ward, mm-hmm. or is it the maternity ward? I don't know because it would be the maternity ward. I can't get to pregnant. Wing so. kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she goes over to the crying baby and she picks it up. And there's a scene where she's walking it to the bathing station, and she starts to dip the tootsies in. Yeah, and we're like, oh my god, OTD is about to drown a fucking baby. For right? crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is the part where, like, I was... Somebody shut that baby up! (laughs) Somebody shut that baby up! (laughs) I was sucking up upholstery at this point. Because this is just one of those, like, babies creep me out anyway. Like, just generally speaking. And so, like, the... I'm afraid of babies. Well, the religious overlay of that. Potentially the satanic overlay of that. And that kind of thing. It's just like, you know... She's just going to eat it? Right, you know. (laughs) Is this cake? Uh, so the alarm starts to go off, which I still don't understand what really triggered it because nobody was watching that part of the ward. <laughs> the bassinets are like weighted. <laughs> they, like when they, they take it off, it sets up an alarm. You have to replace it with another bed. <laughs> it's like Indiana Jones it down there. Like <laughs> 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 Uh, I think the only thing I love more than OTD is Indiana Jones, so that was super solid. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the alert. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a simp for Indy. <laughs> As was every other woman that was in that fucking movie oh, series. Man. Uh, so anyways, uh, the alarm started to go off, and then we start uh, hearing security, which this fucking hospital is armed to the teeth with security. Which is weird, because they're, again, they're, we're in the maternity ward. Like, I understand that we would... Anyway, <laughs> put down the baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember your training. All right, let's do this. Roll out. <laughs> you shoot the person, then the baby. No, you don't shoot the baby. You shoot the baby, then the person. No, don't shoot no, the baby. No, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> they gave you a gun? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. says Fisher Price on it. <laughs> she walks back and she puts you know, the baby back. Yeah. Put the baby back. Put the baby down. <laughs> put the baby down. <laughs> Do I need to put the baby down? <laughs> oh, Thor. Have you seen the new one yet? No. <laughs> Shots fucking fired on UTF. Nobody will get that joke and it'll probably get edited out, but that made me feel good. So <laughs> Fuck that. I do the editing. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, we put, she, we, she puts the baby yeah. down, right? And it she's, she's kind of like... Uh, kind of like slowly walking through the hall trying to not make barefoot on linoleum noises to get it right and never mind the fact that it's got security cameras everywhere she was weirdly trying to be sneaky and i think this demons don't care about well and i think this is one of those instances where she wasn't really in demon mode Mm -hmm. she was kind of back too because the demon didn't need her to be possessed right now you know what i mean like it just so she's kind of vaguely aware of what happened but not really right well and then we kind of get to you know her fighting with the guards and they pull her back to the room and then we kind of have a hard cut to the next day you know they bring in pete they bring in dad and they start talking about how are the the officers are there i don't remember their names because they're completely insignificant mm-hmm. uh sorry guys you acted in the movie and you were great and i don't know blonde brown and <laughs> <laughs> eric only does six people unless it's completely necessary to do more I, like if they aren't listed with a last name i probably won't list it either <laughs> 
So uh, one of the cops is like, you know, getting it in OTD's face in a non-aggressive way. And he's kind of explaining to her like, you know, you're about to be charged with assault and battery of a minor. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a bigger felony than that for trying to drown a fucking baby. I would sleep better at night knowing that if anybody broke into the nursery of a maternity ward for any reason and attempted to drown a newborn baby, that they would spend the rest of their life in prison or have it ended right there. So pedophiles get like three to five years. All I'm saying is we need to fix the system. And that's all that's my whole diatribe. That's the diatribe for today. Shoot your local pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, So we we get to uh, one of the more critical scenes that, like you were saying earlier, with like making this movie PG-13, I really feel like it would have been R just based on this scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the guy is in her, or the officer is in her face, or detective, or whatever the fuck he is, and he's like, so what made you want to do that? And she does this, like, she puts her arm back and then kind of like points straight behind her, Mm -hmm. lifting her arm and turning her wrist. So she's pointing at the back window without actually facing Mm -hmm. it. Which made me hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. A little bit of a contortion and everything, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's it's still very much like just slightly exaggerating things, right? From what, a film what do we see? Yeah. Right. There's another crow, another big crow. Like I think it's rig- the same crow. I think it's the same crow too. Because even in the bus scene, yeah. the crow comes back to life and flies right. away. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's I, the same crow. I think crow. it's the same crow as yeah. well. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. The officer, we get a cut back outside and we're getting the perspective of another security guard. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is a detective that's in the room with Angela at this point. And he's asking her, he was asking her questions like you were saying and everything, but he comes out holding two light bulbs and it's kind of one of those like, you know, what the, okay, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, like five seconds later we get our answer. Because he like stabs himself in the eye, he breaks both of the bulbs in, uh, you know, either other. You know. Ah! Yeah, and it's just like, the guy in front of him is like, what the <laughs> Whoa, dude! <laughs> stop! Fucking stop! Yeah. Stop doing what you're doing! Yeah. And I guess we'll call that kill number one? I don't know. I didn't so, list it because, So, like, they tell us later in the movie that he did die. Okay. So, it is kill number one. Right. Kill number fucking one. Right. Detective. Detective. <laughs> Via light bulbs. Yeah. Via... Is there a word for gouging your eyes out? I probably... Yeah, if defenestrate's a word, fucking, there's got to be a word for fucking gouging your own eyes out. <laughs> um, so now we kind of cut to, you know, the, like... Kind of the aftermath. Okay, she, yeah. she can't stop fucking up. Right? <laughs> she, she is a problem. She mm-hmm. can't be contained. We can't keep guards here at all times. <laughs> Even though there's like 30 at weird. this hospital. <laughs> Um, well, so the, the priest and the father have the conversation. We make the decision yeah. to move her into a, a place where she could be mentally evaluated by psychologists and she can be actually monitored. And Which makes sense yeah. for anybody that's been in a fucking coma for 40 days and 40 mm-hmm. nights. You know, like it, it makes sense to be like, hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which you're clearly conversations. not. A detective grilling you is not going to improve situation, you know. Yeah. So. So we, we start with group therapy, which kind of goes nowhere because they do the the very typical trope of just like everybody yelling at each other mm-hmm. in the group therapy session because all these people are mentally unstable. They're mentally ill. We just kind of move on from there and we move into the first one-on-one session with Dr. Richards, played by Kathleen Robertson, who, again, I love. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen her in so much and I think she's a phenomenal actress. And this is the same tape that we see in the first scene. Right. The, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. We are back to present day at this point. Exactly. Yeah. So now we know that this film footage has been seen. 
It's evaluated uh, by Father Lonzo, mm. and now that's going to be shipped off to the Vatican because Father Lonzo is the first person that's like, ah, I don't feel good about this. Mm-hmm. Like something feels different. This does not feel something of this world. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, Pete has a little bit of a scene with her, and and where mm-hmm. she's communi- he's communicating with her too, just before uh, Lozano steps in and intervenes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she reveals that she could hear voices explaining like it was like what was happening around her but it was translated into some kind of other tongue or something like yeah that. you know what i mean oh is it aramaic right yeah yeah aramaic. <laughs> yes i am air american <laughs> yes i am <laughs> yeah well there, yeah there, there's this idea that it's always aramaic so and we have this line from um from the cardinal i think at this point because we're mm-hmm. back in that room where the conversations happened and shit and we we get the line that says it's almost time yeah. right so it's like okay here and, we go and this is like again like watching it the first time i didn't catch on to the gravity that they were mm-hmm. kind of speaking on mm-hmm. yet because to me this still felt like a normal possession movie right right like it's just legion mm-hmm. and it's just one of many that is trying to take over the world right now yep it's it's obvious that like we're sending optimus prime in to handle this you yeah know what i mean like um <laughs> Well, Do you want to talk about it like his credentials later or is it relevant here? Because the scenes move on and we get to the I, point. I do think it's important because it does happen in this conversation okay. between uh, him and Vic, the Vicar Iman. Uh-huh. So, or Imani, sorry. Yeah, Brune is at the status he is within the church uh, as a cardinal. Obviously, that's as high ranking as you can get. Without being the fucking well, Yeah, so he <laughs> is um, kind of your best bet. Yeah. Not only that, but he was also possessed by a demon at some point in his life when he was a child. Which is honestly kind of cool to his story Mm because it's like, that's probably why he worked his way through the ranks. He became part of being a cardinal. Have you ever like heard like stories about people that became police officers because they were saved by a police officer? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, it kind of felt the same way. So this guy has a very real world. It's obviously like way heavier, right? Yeah. Because we're dealing with exorcism <laughs> and things like that. So they roll out and everything. And we have this second scene um, between Dr. Richards and Angela, which is significant this time because this is a much more cordial. It's not really cordial, but Angela is much more involved. In this so one. this is like one of the, well, this is one of my favorite, like for possession, this is one of my mm-hmm. favorite demonic tropes is I always feel like, the demons always know personal information about you. And it's always like, when you look at the mythos, it's always based on the fact that like this, the person that you're usually talking to is like from beyond the grave. So like we know, like in exorcist, Mm -hmm. when they're talking about the priest's mother and shit and everything that's happening to her in hell. And it's just like, Oh my God. Like you're, it's like, it could be one of those things where they're just fucking with you. Yeah. Or it's that thing where they know. Yeah. They fucking know. And you know they know you know. You know <laughs> <laughs> and and it was like it was it was the cleanest right to the heart. I'm going to make you feel vulnerable and mm-hmm. scared and all these things all at the same time. Because Angela, Demon Angela at this point, I should yeah, say, yeah. like basically chimes it, in. Because it does kind of interchange uh-huh. a lot right. at this point. And I'm gonna I'm again loose on the details here, but it, it was something to the effect of she's telling Dr. Richards. I know about you. I know she about calls her a liar. Right. I know you're a liar. I know you're full of shit. That's how I know I can't trust you because mm-hmm. you lied about the, you're not telling me about things like, you know, like being upset that your boy toy left to go be with his wife. 
you haven't told me about things like going down on him while his wife was watching their their daughter's play or whatever at school and yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> like, in the parking lot. Like, so it's like, okay, <laughs> that's fucking personal hey. information that only one other human being on the planet knows about. Yeah, you the know? dudes are blowing. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because there there was that instance of Angela comes back during that conversation. She just goes, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like I'm I'm so sorry that I did mm-hmm. that. And, you know, Dr. Uh, Richardson is obviously very, or Dr. Richards is obviously very put off by it. And she's just like, I mean, it's, it's not the first time that a patient has, you know, had delusions. And I'm just like, And so here's what's so sick about that for me, because it was like, you were talking about how demons um, command control by making people feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, Brune was talking about that at the beginning. He'll, a demon will attack your weaknesses and know your strengths and everything so they know exactly how to get to you. God, the demon was mythos. <laughs> the, the, the demon that's possessing Angela is also keeping Angela feeling frail and weak because mm-hmm. it's forcing her to be conscious of the things that she's saying and the damage that she's doing. Right. So now, Maybe that is the degradation that I was missing right, the whole time because right. I was focusing on this being so much of just like a straight mm-hmm. possession movie. Right. And now we're just continuing to establish that Angela has no business being in a room with another human being at all. And that's making her feel more and more isolated from reality and more mm-hmm. and more, more and more hopeless she's a little bit more submissive now than she was the demon like unwillingly just because mm-hmm. her spirit is beginning to crack. Right. Well, and then we kind of have like this hard cut. She gets taken out of the room because you know, Dr. Richards, it's like, it's just happening. Yeah. yeah. She, she's just like, she's not being complicit today. Yeah. And like she gets brought back to the room and she's about to be given her drugs for the day. I assume it's Lexapro mm-hmm. and a handful of other things. Mm-hmm. And not a doctor. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not a doctor. Anyways, uh, you know, uh, the demon starts to pull the seduction on mm-hmm. the orderly, uh, which I'm not going to lie. That would work on me mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I am that dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> oh, sick. Crazy. <laughs> I'm here for crazy. Mm-hmm. She is almost like, as she's trying to pull his keys away, because he's got like a lighter leash mm-hmm. kind of thing. And as she's pulling it away, the cracks start to happen in the ceiling above them. And it just fucking, I put it as kill number two, kill number fucking two, orderly. <laughs> we don't even have names. For that's these his first people. name. Yeah. Again, that's why I didn't, also his last he didn't have name. a last name. So that's like I said. Orderly, orderly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I put it as skull caved in because, mm-hmm. you know, there was just fucking concrete rafters that came down and just fucking skull fucked this mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. I don't know how it works from a legal sense, but part of me wants to believe that if somebody was a patient, had a body count after being treated and everything, was already going to be released, was not being complicit with people, had killed people already. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that kind of like, there's no way that legally this person i again i just don't know if this is something that's true about the world and the vatican can just take over cases like Mm -hmm. this that's kind of creepy well you know so now we kind of cut to uh there's a very short conversation and the only important thing about it was uh the priest and daddy or or, sorry father and daddy are now talking yeah (laughs) (laughs) are, are talking once again and they're discussing the origins of otd and he's like your mother was a whore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a fart ass. Right. <laughs> and that's, again, actually another illusion. They sold you for gambling money. It's another illusion to the end of the story. Yeah. That I didn't pick up on the first mm-hmm. time that I was watching it again. I saw this as a straight exorcism mm-hmm. movie. And then we cut into uh, watching uh, The Crow comes once again to allu- or OTD's window. 
and the bed moves sideways. Mm -hmm. And we have like this weird like time jump through the security footage mm -hmm. because again, it's the Vatican tapes. So we're looking she's through. She's there the and she's also here and that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a couple of different angles that we have to show and things like that. And then she puts her face to the wall and she just. To the shadow of the crow, notably. Yeah. Yeah, she's wait, speaking wait. <laughs> to it. Yeah. Or, she, well, yeah. She's speaking with it. Or it's speaking I, I, through her or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yo, where's he at? I'm, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so. Uh, she starts speaking what well, again we can only assume is Aramaic right. because that's just like the theme for a lot of these uh, demonology movies mm -hmm. and a lot of Aramathia yeah <laughs> well also nobody's probably speaking Enochian which is actually kind of crazy since <laughs> Satan was an angel <laughs> right true <laughs> but maybe I'm just that guy but anyways um, and then absolute chaos fucking ensues because yeah. it's like she's encanting the spell that makes all the people in the ward which would not which are already certifiable uh -huh. You know, where it's just like, they're fighting each other. One puts his face through a fucking chair. Yeah. Like, another one hangs himself. Right. They start fucking fighting Disarming all the security, security guards. And that yeah, kind of thing. yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, Father Lozano makes his way into the, like, as the chaos is breaking out, Father Lozano makes his way in and pulls her just ever so slightly away from the wall. The incantation stops. We get so OTD back for a So does all the chaos. Mm -hmm. And she's like, again, aware of what she's doing, but she's so terrified to open up and let anybody in or anything that she's she's just gone at this point. Yeah. So the following day, we get uh, the Father Rogers coming to pick her up because uh, Dr. Richards has had enough of her bullshit mm -hmm. uh, yeah. after the whole, you've been blowing somebody while your kid's in school I'm kind of thing. still mad about that. Kind <laughs> of like, yeah. A little bit vengeful. Yeah. It's yeah. always... Always a great trait for a therapist to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold the things you say against you. We're just all trying to get our shit together. Yeah, man. right. <laughs> so My anyway. therapist's favorite therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was, um, she's explaining to him, sign these release forms. We're going to let her out. He's uh -huh. like, well, tell me what's wrong. Sign these release forms. I just need forms. you to sign these. Yeah. Tell me what's fucking wrong. Well, I really need you to just <laughs> sign these. Really, yeah. And then finally, uh, Father Lozano kind of chimes in and he's like, hey, so I need you to sign these because the Vatican is going to take care of right. us now mm -hmm. because we don't think this is of this world. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like for Roger, he was very open minded to it. Mm -hmm. He was just like, OK, I guess this is like what we're Which gonna... is a little weird, right? Because he's already like had those conversations. And I mean, it's obvious that he is a man of faith because Lozano found him in the chapel. You know, mm -hmm. Lozano was able to have a heart to heart with him about his wife and or his, you know, at mm -hmm. least, you know, OTD's mom or whatever the cir circumstances were. But it was OTD. He, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he um, is clearly a man of faith. And so it, mm -hmm. it's it's interesting to watch people follow people that blindly. You know what I mean? And just like you were That's saying, they just, call it blind faith. Yeah, exactly. It's just that that complete trust. It's like, absolutely, I'm buying into this, you know? And Pete is also kind of here and there in these sequences. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of leery of it, right? And we'll pick up on that in just a second. Because this is the point where we move... To the exorcism, finally. Right. You know? And we're here with the cardinal... The, the cardinal has passed his authority, essentially, mm -hmm. over to Vicar Amani. Yeah, and and he's saying if I don't make it back, this is the information that you need to know to because Vicar wanted here. to go, right? And he yeah. was like, "No, you uh -huh. need to be the person that carries on mm -hmm. after me yeah. and make sure that this is fucking taken." Right? Care of. It kind of felt the same. It was like that Qui Gon to Obi Wan kind of conversation, <laughs> right? It was, you know, God, I miss Qui Gon. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, Optimus Prime is rolling out at this mm -hmm. point. 
we meet at the house where um, Angela lives. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's dad's house. I'm assuming it's not. I'm assuming it's her own property because I, she lives there with house. Pete and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's she and Pete's house, yeah. which they have a sweet upstairs. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh a converted God. attic that's a bedroom or it something like that. It looks like a yeah. staycation. Yeah, like It's, it's, it's like, oh sick. my God, we can actually go up here and stay for the weekend. And <laughs> it's also really dimly lit. It has this dingy, not dingy, but the dark wood tones and everything. Mm-hmm. The, the glass in the windows is very like thick and kind of rustic in a way and everything so it kind of has an mm-hmm. old english feel to it you know yeah. right? or perhaps an old european feel just in general which is kind of interesting yeah so i mean father lozano and uh cardinal brune start to have this conversation kind of surrounding the idea that they start uh with their catholic incantations right mm-hmm. and then as Father Lozano is trying to divulge all of that, Father Brune stop or Cardinal Brune stops him and mm-hmm. he goes, "Hey, so that's not going to work." And Father uh, Lozano was like, "Well, mass is such an important part yeah. of an exorcism," mm-hmm. and Cardinal Brune was like, "To destroy an abomination, sometimes we have to touch the darkness. We have to or, get closer to it. Mm-hmm. We, in order to get closer to it, we have to step farther away from God, farther away from yes. light and that kind of thing." That that yeah. was the line, uh-huh. and it was yeah. it was beautifully written. Mm-hmm. It was beautifully written because it was like, again, we have to become the monsters among us to defeat it's, them. It's a great me- the the best metaphor I've ever heard for this because this is a common sentiment this is a common theme and mm-hmm. films and stories that deal with things like that the closer you are to the light the greater your shadow becomes yeah so it seems intimidating and vast and endless and that kind of thing the closer you are to the light it becomes smaller the farther away you get from it you right. know and that kind right, of, right. that's how demons operate pulling people away from the light you know mm-hmm. just being powerful enough to take them and that kind of, so it's just it's a really cool idea mm-hmm. and they explore it like you said beautifully the writers did a great job scripting this yeah so, absolutely especially in like we're in what i would consider the third act at this point this is where it gets really really cool yeah you know? th- this is actually one of my again like the end of this movie the last 30 minutes are really like one of the best endings i've ever mm-hmm. seen in a movie uh which is again like why i don't understand why they got such shit reviews because i mm-hmm. love this movie i fucking loved this movie mm-hmm. again i know i'm biased for the mythos because sure. i think it's so cool and olivia and, taylor dudley and everything yeah yeah not gonna right. comment on that because i want her to listen to this and nothing i'm fucking gross so. that's okay she already does <laughs> like Sick. i said like i said she knows what her fans want and that's <laughs> <laughs> but we begin the exorcism um there's there's they have holy water prepared, but we they start with the wafer. We've moved because, directly to offering the body, which yeah. is usually not a good sign, yeah. right? If we if because if the possessed person rejects the body, they're it tells possessed. us they are yeah. possessed. This is kind of like getting confirmation and things like that. We're not going to sprinkle water. We're going to just straight up see if they regret. Right. First time Angela is able to spit the wafer out, spit the body out forces it in there again this time angela regurgitates and, and it's like that blood it's that blood bile mm-hmm. combination that we're so familiar with <laughs> and fucking cardinal just like wipes it off like himself like... you know what i mean <laughs> oh blood yeah great <laughs> but then she can cons- uh, continues convulsing and lurching and mm-hmm. spits up three objects yeah it's three eggs so it you know for anybody who understands the metaphor of that for easter i still think it's dumb because it's a pagan holiday mm-hmm. personally but it is one of those things that represents resurrection rebirth xyz and she's three it, eggs right yeah, yeah it's the trinity and now the and this is where i start to think that they were possessed by the same demon right 
again, I haven't figured it out yet mm-hmm. wa- watching it the, fir- uh, the first time, but I start to realize that this is probably the mm-hmm. same demon that they're spitting up because he recognized the eggs and he said, where did you get these from? Mm-hmm. You've shown yourself, demon. Tell me who these are mm-hmm. from. Tell me where you got them from. Calls it, the demon a serpent and everything. Mm-hmm. Serpent. Yeah, right. exactly. You know I mean? It's yeah. all just fucking building are right we, now. Are we starting, <laughs> or if we haven't put it together yet, are we there now? Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? yeah. Exactly. So it, we get a big pushback from Angela Demon. Right. Um, and she falls on the bed. The bed starts spinning. Her mm-hmm. eyes flip upside down, which yeah. is an amazing effect. Right. I had never uh-huh. seen that in a movie before uh-huh. this one. And like literally her entire eye, the way they digitized uh-huh. it was like, you know, you're, if you've never seen your bottom lids and your top lids mm-hmm. flip before, mm-hmm. that was really that, fucking it's cool. It's unsettling. As <laughs> yeah. um, she makes her way into the rafters after mm-hmm. being able to fight people off and push people back. I think at one point she pushes um, uh, Roger up against a, a cabinet Oops. or a, a desk or something like that. I mean, so they tried to chain her up. And then douse her in holy water, which obviously didn't work. While saying the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. So it, she, it, she's in pain, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that fake thing. No, stop it. Dad, come help me. It was the dead eye. It's all over again, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and it's funny, too, because, like, when she finally jumps up into the rafters, all I could think is that all of these rafters are dry rotted because yeah. uh, ca- uh, the Cardinal just, like, reaches up and grabs the chains mm-hmm. that she's already with and just fucking rips them down. <laughs> Shatters. The foundation of the fucking roof yeah. in this house. The rafter scene is super sick, too. The way it's shot. Like, she's mm-hmm. backlit. It's just her silhouette vaguely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, now we get uh, her speaking for the first time mm-hmm. in the demon voice. Uh, or, I say demon voice. If it, we're, we're, I swear to God, we're about to tell you what it is. Right. <laughs> but she says, I am the new way. Yeah. And that's when it hit me the first time I watched this movie. I was like, Uh-oh. oh, <laughs> fuck. Because it's not like the seventh day where you're just like getting an army of demons to like take upon the earth. Mm-hmm. This is the demon. She she actually looks at the cardinal and says, you are the alpha and I, I am, am the, the omega. omega. And I was like, oh my God, that was so hot. This is the demon with the capital D. So you know what I mean? I'm going to spoil it because I figured it out at this point the sure. first time watching it, which, you know, it took, you know, uh-huh. 70 minutes to figure right. it out. But we're not just dealing with a regular possession. We are dealing with the fucking Antichrist. Coming back yes. to restore the prophecy, fulfill the prophecy. To create yeah. his own paradise. Right. Sorry, their paradise. Mm-hmm. I assume like I assume Lucifer's a dude. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's probably fair. I don't think he minds. <laughs> I think he's bisexual, but sure. <laughs> Um, so now we kind of like, we've really picked up on what's happening now. And the, the father and the Cardinal have figured it out. Well, the Cardinal has figured it out because again, the Cardinal had been possessed by the same demon and there's Mm -hmm. no way that he doesn't fucking know. And he immediately goes downstairs because Angela has fallen back on the bed, has passed out Mm -hmm. and everything. And everybody's like, what the fuck do we do? And he's like kind of holding his robe up and skittering down the stairs and everything, trying to get the fuck out of there. And he gets his little card. Be right back. Yeah. <laughs> he gets his cardinal crate out and opens it up. And he's got the, like the jeweled, like the sapphire and Jasper. Also and from Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, the, the little, 
the the sacred knife or whatever the fuck. I'm sure it has a better name than that. And it might not be a significant artifact. It's just one of those things that if it's you, just something they if have. you have to kill a body to kill the demon, you have to do what you have to do. And at this point, Father uh, Lozano is like starting to question the methods here, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's officially on team. Hey, there's got to be another way to figure this out. Let's think for a second and not act emotionally. And Cardinal Brune just looks at him and says. I need you to, you will put your faith in me. He yeah. demands it. And now it's ego that's involved, yeah. right? Now it's pride. Now it, he, and it's I took pers- that personal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really cool. Cause like when you look at it from like the humanist perspective, of course it's ego, of course it's pride. And in that same vein, we're looking into the eyes of the antichrist right, right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it even, tra- all of that is still part of mm-hmm. it. And I feel like it even transcends that because now he's the person in his mind where it's like, I have to save the world. Right. I'm going to be the hero. Right. And Angela comes back and it's, it's not Angela now. It's officially Angela is gone. Almost. And, and so, cause he comes up and he chokes her out. Right. With the rosary <laughs> and everything. And it's really like, I have to kill this creature. Mm-hmm. And there's the strangulation scene. Um, there's super hot. There's the, <laughs> see, that was weirder than everything that I said. <laughs> So <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> her body after he kills her because it's perceived he chokes yeah, her out, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Roger runs over and Pete run over and they're holding her and they're like, you have to do something. And Father Lozano is committed to this mm-hmm. one. He's like, look, Angela is gone. This is way bigger than you understand mm-hmm. it is. We did what we had to do and that kind of thing. Her body disappears, like kind of like white light. Right. Mm hmm. Because now, now we're getting the white theme for right, her a lot. 100%. And she comes back not long after, right? In a white dress. In a white dress. And she is beautiful. And her name was Conquest. Right. Like. And, <laughs> and like, and, and like you know. Conquer me. Maybe. And everything that you would imagine if the Antichrist tried to reveal itself as, as anybody. It mm-hmm. would be completely jaw-droppingly. I can't take my eyes off of you gorgeous, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what we're what we're feeling right now it's affected a little bit by special effects and everything and you're just like holy shit this is really going down right yeah. you know and um, this is where like all of their special effects budget really went into mm-hmm. because we get to the point where uh she walks up to uh cardinal and our uh, cardinal brune and he stabs her and she just like pulls the uh-huh. dagger out and is like you thought this was gonna work and yeah. just fucking drops it uh-huh. on the ground <laughs> yeah he's out of, he's out of tricks right? yeah <laughs> and she drops that line um i knew we would meet again and that's that was the yeah. best part of this yeah. movie because it tied so much mm-hmm. together and that was so fucking mm-hmm. cool it was so cool that it was like oh i tried this and i won this time mm-hmm. you know it, right. was, it was very like evil triumphs kind mm-hmm. of story which actually that's probably why i fucking love this movie sure. and that's probably why rotten tomatoes gave it a fucking 17 i don't like that i don't like when the bad guy wins yeah mm-hmm. well i love goosebumps right. so <laughs> she, she destroys the whole attic right the whole house effectively just blows so it for, to smithereens for anyone who is a big fan of the magicians yeah i put it as uh she nips out <laughs> because she does she just ascends yeah. above the ground mm-hmm. and just fucking blows out mm-hmm. the entire house like and it's light right yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's like fire energy it's cleansing uh, purity and everything yeah. right yeah um makes her way down the stairs and um Make him away down the stairs, walking <laughs> fast. All these priests are dead. Father Lozano, however, 
Yeah, Father Lozano is it's like there. he's like under a door and he's like, oh god. <laughs> and I will say for that character, uh his writing was kind of so so, but I really did love that scene because mm-hmm. he looks up at her and goes, I'm not afraid of you. And she kind of like puts her foot on the door and presses and leans forward a little bit and she said, um, tell them that I walk the earth. You yeah, I mean? tell them like, that I'm here. And I was just Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Go tell all of your friends this is the fucking end. <laughs> you know Which we'll go ahead and cover this now for kill three, four, five. five. We have boyfriend, Pete. We have father, father. fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Cardinal father and paternal father. Yeah. <laughs> all the daddies are dead. The damn Patrick. They killed three daddies. Oh my God. <laughs> OTD has no daddies. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> so there's there's the cut now, right? And it turns three out... Three months later. Yeah, three we're, months we're later. In the Vatican. Right. And, and you put it so perfectly. I'm going to let you take it from here because there's a secret underground yeah, layer. So, so actually, I can't take full credit for this joke because uh, Laura actually said it this morning uh, when I was explaining the movies I was thinking about today. <laughs> <laughs> we get back to the Vatican and it is Vicar Imani and then Father Lozano and I guess Father Lozano is just in the Vatican now mm. or he's over there probably researching this and trying to help out and such. Yeah, maybe so, just giving a report. Yeah, so they go which back. Which feels weird. <laughs> they go back to their Mac top mm-hmm. and they... The Jedi put, Temple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Vicar Imani puts in a password to the Mac top mm-hmm. and then we have the uh, bookcase behind them turns around and it's an elevator to the Vat Cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In case you guys were wondering, that's V-A-T. Cave. Okay. <laughs> Can you spell cave? No. <laughs> I think it's like cave. <laughs> so we, I we, bought that at the farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> so we plummet into the vat cave yeah. and we start seeing uh, Vicar Armani is starting to explain that this is where we keep all of the evidence of the devil or a possession or demons. Everything that we blocking the earth. Of his yeah, existence, right? exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they get to the end. And by the way, this is a, this is like the library of Alexandria mm-hmm. of shit that mm-hmm. is just underground. Every secret about the spiritual realm is here. Exactly. Yeah. So we walk maybe another 30 yards down and there are like four or five screens that show you know what it just happened which is weird because it's like three months later right yeah uh but it's starts- what's happened during your recovery <laughs> you know what i mean but also it could just be maybe that's the vatican I, I like to think that he was at his own hospital that was not always <laughs> at the same hospital <laughs> uh so uh, we start seeing the footage of, you know, the house blowing up and uh, Cardinal Brune being dead and Roger being dead mm-hmm. and Pete being dead. And the fact that uh, Angela survives or yeah. OTD as we've so much referenced her. Frequently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, now we get to the point where we're seeing that she is healing people. Mm-hmm. She's like making miracles are yeah, happening. Right? The blind are seeing again. Mm-hmm. People can walk again. Like real miracles uh-huh. are happening. And again, this movie kind of focused so much around like it comes in the form of what people think Christ would be, mm-hmm. you know, which was fucking wild to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then we get to this uh, scene afterwards, hard cut to 
Angela is sitting in a green room outside of an or inside of an auditorium where she's about to speak, you know, because they were just talking on the news about how she has thousands of followers. Mm -hmm. All these people believe in her. She's being interviewed on TV. No one's been raptured yet. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But she was conquest Mm -hmm. in its most pure form. And Mm -hmm. the writing for that was just fucking chef's kiss. I just want to help as many people as I can. Well, the good news (laughs) is we've got a whole stadium of people that are ready to see you perform some miracles. And one thing that I thought was really interesting was if you go back to the Vat Cave when they're actually like looking at Mm -hmm. all of those screens, is outside of the instance that happened, they were still showing these global phenomenon of killing Mm -hmm. people. And that's, again, part of Revelations. And I thought that was really fucking cool. Like, Mm -hmm. it was very uh, self-referential for uh, this movie. And then she walks out. She raises her hands like Joel fucking Osteen. Mm -hmm. And... Sorry, that was... <laughs> We've talked about him on here before. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I, I won't get into why he's a piece of shit. He already knows it. But yeah. anyways, that's kind of the movie. Cool. Right? Like, uh, unless you had anything else, I think that was really the end of and, it. And that's it, man. And that's the thing is I, you know, uh, based on my beliefs, I think that this is something that is going to happen one day. And it's in, sure. it's important to know. I hope it's OTD. <laughs> <laughs> It already is. It's too late. <laughs> so yeah, I, I it's it's a really people when we're dealing with with fiction that's based on biblical writings or some kind of you know like mythos that is involving yeah. these stories and things like that, like Seventh um, Gate with Johnny Depp and stuff like. I that. I feel like we oftentimes with exorcism. I'm gonna let me talk about exorcisms. I feel like we're often t- dealing with some kind of demon that's either lesser or like a mid tier or like a yeah. greater or whatever. And so to just take it to the fucking limit and let's say Satan himself, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's just go for it. Right. You were born right. of a whore. Like. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so it, I don't know final thoughts, man. This is just, this is a wild, if this is really what people believe it, I'm going to just rank it as like a wildly underrated movie. Because, yeah, absolutely. Know. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what would you rate this movie? I'm thinking like probably like a six and a half. And maybe if I watch it again, I might, I might lean into the seven on this one. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what people dislike about this. Yeah. Again, there are inconsistencies, but that's horror. So it's like, I'm used to there being inconsistencies right. and things like that. I'm used to some lines, not landing the way that I think that they were intended, mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen often in this movie or like a bad performance, which didn't exist in this movie yeah. or bad special effects, which didn't exist in this movie. And you yeah. know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, I don't get why people don't like it. Right? I feel like in a lot of possession movies, uh, the dialogue, dialogue is lower too which Mm -hmm. kind of sets pace for a little less error Mm -hmm. which is probably why i like these types of movies so much because they're not trying to make lines land they're trying to make scenes make sense and that's what i really appreciated about this movie is every every scene that they did fucking landed Mm -hmm. you know everything felt right everything was cohesive to the story and as someone who watched this movie a second time like I give this movie a seven. I thought mm-hmm. it was fucking great. I think uh, Olivia Taylor Dudley did an exceptional mm-hmm. job in this movie. Um, did she carry it? Yes, one hundred percent. Not that like the actors, like I said in the beginning, not that they weren't accredited or good enough or whatever. They were, but their writing wasn't be there. written as a secondary character, exactly. an ancillary character to what's actually happening, which is the way that it would go down, right? Like, yeah the Antichrist returning would be absent of the will of other people. Like, well, you know what I mean? And you would all be secondary, right? Well, so and, it's, and <laughs> honestly, what I think I really liked about this movie that kind of separates it from a lot of other 
exorcism and possession movies is we weren't following the exorcists. We yeah. weren't following the people that were dealing with this. We were following the possessed. The subject. And, right. and that's yeah. what was really fucking cool about mm-hmm. this. Um, so, yeah, I give this movie a seven. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I know that I'm super biased to this type of mythos because I think it's super fun. I think mm-hmm. it's super dark. And I think uh, with how abundant uh, Christianity is mm-hmm. in the world, I think it... It's one of those things that can touch home a little bit closer. Sure. It makes it seem like it's possible, mm-hmm. even though, like, I don't even believe in ghosts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, I absolutely fucking adored this movie. And, I, I, like, if you guys have not seen this because of the IMDb or the fucking Rotten Tomato scores, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Because they, they said the same thing about The Seventh Day. And right. The Seventh Day, they gave a lower fucking score than they did The Washingtonians, and that movie was awful. Right. <laughs> enjoy that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i'm saying it's like that's that's why my rating system is what my rating system is yeah it's two different ratings is it a well-made well-written well-acted movie and also is it fun both of those are true here Mm -hmm. you know exactly so there was a cast we loved mm -hmm. there was a story that was cohesive there were nuances that obviously the writers cared about because they were like we want to write a revelation tale yeah and if that's the case, you like these people clearly read the book, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. like, could you imagine if, you know, fucking OTD ascends and she's in a red dress? Right. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just wouldn't have landed. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, I, if you, if you're out there listening to this, watch the fucking movie because mm-hmm. it is so good. It is so good. And OTD, if you're listening to this for whatever reason, you know, while you're riding your horse or whatever you do in your free time. Marry me, Olivia. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that because I want that for you too. I'm serious. Yeah, I, I, know, I, know, I know. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we stand on the movie. Yeah. Is there any other? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I think uh, I think we nailed this one. Honestly, again, I'm going to say it one more time. If you have not watched this movie because of the rating systems, please fucking watch this movie. It's free on YouTube for God's sakes with ads. And generally speaking, just stop going by ratings. Yeah, especially Rotten Tomato ratings. Yeah. Like IMDb can be kind of unfair, but Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. is like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I just don't like I don't even believe in God, and I can't imagine believing in Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing to me how people are willing to like pay people for their opinions, right? And yeah. I want to remark on that, but like we also need people to just subscribe to our Patreon. So <laughs> Or what? Our Patreon. Our Patreon. Our Patreon. What is our Patreon? Uh it's a Patreon, dude. <laughs> I'm not sure I fully understand what it is, but what I do know is it costs $3 to subscribe to, and you get exclusive content, exclusive interviews, merchandise discounts, abilities to access what we're doing with our time and what content we're putting out. And if you pay enough, we'll actually just do whatever you want, aside from gross stuff. And that's not even really on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that's on my OnlyFans. That's on my, well... Or sorry, OnlyPans. Magician never reveals his secrets. <laughs> Well, guys, I'm so grateful that y'all joined us today on Under the Floorboards, where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.